Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey! That was my, uh, that was a chainsaw. That's, uh, all right. Uh, this is Cinebuds. I am 88.9's Justin Barney. And I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today we are talking about man. His fist closed around the serpent's eye. Strange and eternal. I need you to get me that girl I saw. Do you know what to do? Mandy is the instant midnight cult classic (laughs) featuring Nicolas Cage and is playing at the Oriental right now. Mandy uh, is uh, Nicolas Cage and his sweetheart. They live a quiet life in the woods in a really cool house. In the mid-80s. In the mid-80s, surrounded by red lights all the time. And green lights. And green lights occasionally. And dark brooding music. (laughs) And uh, one day, a cult uh, has designs on his sweetheart and kidnaps her, uh, along with a demonic biker gang. They're in cahoots. And Nicolas Cage has to go full vengeance mode uh, uh, within the within the film and seek his, revenge, seek his revenge one by one on this biker gang and this cult. Yeah, it is dark. It is brooding. Stylistically, I think that it's designed to uh, be watched while you are in another state of mind, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> I see where you're getting at. Um, and, uh, I would say it's for the whole family. Would you say that? Ah, uh, yeah. If your whole family enjoys. Gory, blood-spewing, LSD-fueled biker gangs. Oh, that's not my family. Um, But this movie is kind of, is wanting to be, and is kind of an immediate midnight cult classic. Yeah. It does have LSD-fueled human-demon hybrids. It has a 1980s roaming satanic cult group. It has a chainsaw duel. It has demon junk and it has Nicolas Cage freaking <laughs> out at his Nicolas Cage finest. Yeah, he does a classic uh, uh, Cage freak out. And <laughs> Demonic Junk was a, so you just slid that in Ooh, there. Yep, got well that done. in there. Forgot about that. What did you think about it? Um, well, it's forever in my nightmares. Mm-hmm. Uh, genuinely, <laughs> whatever this says about me, maybe one of my favorite movies of the year so far. It's definitely one of mine, too. Yeah. I left it and I was like, Man, I really liked that. And the more that I thought about it, the more that I want to go back. Yeah. And uh, this movie, I mean, stylistically, it is stark. The uh, who's the the director? Uh, Panos Cosmatos. And he has only done one other movie that yeah, I he's haven't had one seen. One other feature, and it's called uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, mm-hmm. uh, which was a. Uh, Essentially, very similar in mood and tone and uh, lit in the same way as the first hour of right. Mandy. And then Mandy makes a turn, which is really nice. Right. The first hour is kind of slow and stark. Lots of really beautiful shots. Yeah. That I mean, could be just could be stills. The film, uh, the film score is done by Johan Johansson. Yeah. It was his last film score before he passed away. I mean, it definitely has a like Stranger Things type vibe oh, with much. being from the 80s. It kind of has that dark synth. There's also a song from King Crimson that that kicks it off. Um, and the first hour is kind of slow and brooding, and then it picks up, and it picks up fast, yeah. and there's a lot of gore and blood, and it's campy. Yeah, I, would, I was very, very surprised. If you've seen Beyond the Black Rainbow, uh, 
I think you'd be, ve- which is a wonderful movie too. Uh, mm. Slow, slow. I don't want to focus too much on the slow because the pacing is intentionally thoughtful and slow, but beautiful. You're never like, oh, let's speed it up. It's like every frame is interesting. There's stuff going on. It's just paced differently. But then you see Mandy, and I was not expecting the turn. Yeah, but which was really delightful. Yeah, and the more that the more the time passes, the more that I want. Now that I've seen it, I want to go back and watch it again and yeah. look for these these hits that happened oh, that yeah. were really fun. And it does a thing that midnight movies do really well uh, that it had a mixture of like being really dark and also there were moments that were really campy. Nicholas yeah. Cage, I we're gonna talk in the podcast more about Nicholas Cage. We're yeah. gonna run down our top. Nick Cage movies, yeah. so you should definitely stick around for Cage that. Cage classics. Cage classics. I thought Nicolas Cage was a perfect uh, perfect fit <laughs> in this because he is kind of campy at yeah. this point. Um, and it was also starkly beautiful. The art direction was just stunning. I was like, I am. I left it being like, I'm so glad that somebody made that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different than, it's different than any kind of horror that you've ever seen. I mean, for the most part, I don't know who you are. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you've seen, but uh, it's definitely a unique experience and uh, very rewarding. It was great, and it was very fun to see in the theater. I saw it late at night. Oh yeah, on I had the a good crowd too. We yeah. had a good crowd. Yeah, and uh, it is only gonna be playing a couple more times. Yeah, it's gonna play tonight and tomorrow, Thursday, and then it may that may be the end of it. But oh, but if everyone out. goes and sees it, mm-hmm. they will keep it there yeah. and keep it running. So uh, save this movie, yeah. have it in the theater as long as it can because it definitely deserves to be seen in the theater fantastic midnight cult instant classic yeah and for those of you who don't want to stay up to midnight it is not technically playing at midnight <laughs> so no worries right. there right support for cinebuds comes from your membership and associated bank proud supporter of milwaukee film offering support year-round through milwaukee film checking more about associated bank's commitment to milwaukee film at associatedbank.com mke film member fdic Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> you jumped the gun right there. You pounced on I was that. I was looking at his waiting to pounce on it, man. All right. We are going to get into our top <laughs> Nick Cage movies. But first, let's do... Spoily dish on Mandy. So if you've not seen Mandy yet, yeah, you know it doesn't matter. Listen to this anyway because I don't think it's. There's not. Yeah, there's not too much to be spoiled. I mean, the plot essentially is Nick Cage and his girlfriend are living in the woods. This cult leader sees Nick Cage's girlfriend and must have her. Right. And then she laughs at his, and then she. Then he burns her alive. Sure. And then Nick Cage enacts his revenge through the rest of it and kills everybody off in ways that are extremely entertaining and also very gory. Yeah, I haven't seen the gore like that in a long time. And I'm not a big gore fan, but because this is really funny. Yeah. It's not a comedy, but they definitely have a comedy element in the last hour. Like the, the camp 
you know, and everything. Yeah. It's, like there's a, the theater was laughing a lot. I think that key to that camp yeah. is the casting of Nicolas Cage. For sure. He's at this point of, in his career where he is a punchline in himself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, he does a great job in this movie. I think the the thing that Nick Cage does best is freaking out. Sure. And there is possibly my favorite scene in this movie was after his girlfriend is burned alive and he is forced to watch by this satanic cult. Mm-hmm. He grieves yeah, and by going into this bathroom. In the bathroom like you grieve. And it's a, a stunning-looking bathroom. It is. When the light comes on in the bathroom, there was these laughter in the audience. They wallpaper. laughed at the design of the bathroom. Yeah, because yeah. it's got this like great wallpaper throughout and then he finds a bottle of vodka. He's wearing tidy whities. We He's should probably whities. bring that up. And he drinks basically the whole bottle, <clears throat> and he pours it also on his open wounds. Right. And he just has the most pure Nick Cage freak yeah. out like nobody else can do. Here's some here's some joy. details. He not only drinks the 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 whole bottle of vodka, he screams at the bottle of vodka. He, oh yeah. He stops to scream at the bottle of vodka. <laughs> And at one point, sits on the toilet with his tidy whities and cries hard. Yeah. And again, more vodka, more screaming. It's um, it's. I guarantee that the director said, "Okay, Nicholas Cage, we're gonna turn the lights on in the bathroom, right. and then you be Nicholas Cage for like unleash two the minutes, beast, and then we're gonna cut, and then you and, can go to your trailer." And he really, I mean, unleashes. Yeah, yeah. It's really, and it's funny because usually when he has these freakouts, it's like a close up, cut away. This is just a straight, full shot of a bathroom. And you just see him, and it's not a big bathroom either. So it's kind of funny in the way that they frame it because you just have to focus on this man, full body, walking around for, I'd say it's like 90 seconds to yeah. a few minutes of him walking around freaking out. No cutting, no close ups. Yeah, that which was like, makes the, it funnier. That was like the best part. And then. Um, and then he starts to enact his revenge. Yeah. And he makes Oh this... please please allow me. <laughs> okay. Because this is my this is my favorite part. I think he was a, in the beginning he's like a construction worker or something. Beginning yeah, he yeah, he's like uh he works he's got a chainsaw. He but, also he looks he is the only person that can look uncool smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> which he does true. multiple times. He's but, a construction worker and turns out in his free time an expert smelter. Mm-hmm. He makes the most hilarious, what I'm going to refer to as a battle axe, oh, out yeah. of what seems to be silver. This incredibly detailed, uh, huge battle axe that he just, in in his grief, <laughs> while crying, is like pouring pure silver into this uh, and, and banging it and out. And it is comical. It it's is. comical in a way that isn't... Sometimes there is this line with camp yeah, where you can go over it and you can kind of like break the fourth wall and kind of like wink at the audience. And for me, that's like when it goes like a little too far, uh-huh. when it's like obviously like trying to be funny. But when he is grieving so and so earnestly making this battle axe, that is just funny. It's like a Final Fantasy weapon. And I feel like the, the director understood like this is funny enough. We don't need to do anything. Just yeah. have him. For again, like a minute, minute and a half, making a giant decorative silver axe, it. I laughed more than the rest of the audience. I kept chuckling the whole time he's making oh, yeah. it because it's absurd. Yeah, but that's um, my favorite thing. Also, big laughs when 
he is fighting. There is a scene where he goes into this like house and the uh, the initial biker gang that he's after, there's like two gangs. There's the biker gang that's full of like these demon human LSD hybrids. Mutant, yeah. And they're fun. They're nuts. And then there is the cult itself. Right. But he goes after the biker gang first and he's like in this like den where where they live and yeah. this one like demon is just like has his entire face and like a gigantic pile of cocaine. Oh, demon cocaine. Demon cocaine. Sure. And he's watching porn. And yep. uh, then when Nick Cage finally like slits his throat and blood just pours onto yeah. Nicolas Cage's face for a good 10 seconds... Very, very funny. It seems like the two of them, yeah. <laughs> Demon and, and Nicolas Cage, as the blood is pouring out in a very gory way, I think they're laughing at each other. The, yeah. They both, like, Nicolas Cage is, is go, you know, is crazy vengeance mode, but he's laughing, but I swear the demon guy's laughing too, and I'm like, oh, well, you guys have settled yourself to what's happening, and you uh -huh. found the humor in it. Yeah. Good for you. And then it has possibly my favorite <clears throat> battle scene is the chainsaw duel. chainsaw fight little chainsaw big chainsaw little chainsaw big chainsaw when he the scene where he pulls the chainsaw out and you just see it it's like a see five how foot, long five it is chainsaw, also yeah. super funny yeah we cannot we would be remiss to not discuss cheese goblin Oh man, Cheese Goblin was a little tiny part. And again, like, yeah. we we're talking about the funny parts, but it yeah. was like not. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not like hilarious. No, it's it's mostly super dark. But here's what happens: the first hour, again, slow, thoughtful, beautiful, right, stark, and and, and creepy. Also, like do a lot of drugs. I do feel, I do feel like Cheese Goblin is when the director said, "Okay." We're going to do something a little different now. Yes. Because he walks into a room uh, and the TV's, TV's on, on and they show this full commercial for macaroni and cheese. And the, the mascot is Cheese Goblin, who just vomits macaroni and cheese on these children. But it's, it's a very believable 1980s It is very, like, commercial. Yeah. And it says it's 60% more cheese, but not 60% in proportion more macaroni. So, yeah. <laughs> It's just this cheese goblin popping out of gross piles of cheese and, again, puking it over the kids, and they love it. Yeah, wonderful. Cheese goblin is hilarious, and honestly, it does mark, like, okay, we're going to be a little, like, some of this is going to get silly now. Right. And it was such a stark contrast that at first I'm like, wait, are these two different movies? But it was a great way to, like, show the trajectory of how campy and over the top is going to be. But, yeah, not all uh, funny, very funny in the last hour, but also very incredible action, still the same visual style and stark and everything. Right. It's like you watch the first hour and that is like beautiful shots and like a shot will happen and then it'll kind of linger on that. Yeah. And uh, like the lights are there. And once like once the drugs wear off yeah. after the first hour, then yeah. it's like, all right, we got you. Now let's have some gore. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Yeah. I want to see this again. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's definitely yeah. one that is great to watch and then I feel like this is going to be one that uh, you're going to go to your friends and you're going to be like, did you see Mandy? Yeah. You have to see I, Mandy. People who I not, I don't like talk to, like friends on Instagram were posting the poster and saying they'd seen it. People who I don't like, oh, I know them, but I don't talk to them, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So it's like there were people all over the country going, oh yeah, I saw this movie. Apparently it's doing really well and it's getting like, I it's hope got, it does. It's got like a 93%. Yeah. Like it's doing really well. And I hope that it hits the midnight circuit because oh, it's yeah. definitely in there right away. Right. Um, all right. Mandy, great. Go see it. Save it. 
at the Oriental yeah. make them play it more. Yeah. And uh, all right. You ready? I'm you ready to dive into Nick Cage? No one's ready. No one's ever. <laughs> everybody thinks they're ready. Well, we were going through this and I was like, all right, we'll dig into our favorite Nick Cage movies. And then I went to Nick Cage's IMDb and he has seven, at least for, seven movies, at least seven to 10 movies he's been in. Yeah, 96 titles. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> somewhere between seven and 96. So I'm going to say let's focus in on individually our top three, okay. which may not be your top three. Right. But um, statistically, it's almost impossible. <laughs> yeah, right. So let's go for it. All what, right. what are your top three? You want me to three? go first? Yeah. Should we start at three or one? We oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't put them. I didn't put them in the like, didn't put them qualitative in, like, order, but I, it's in. That's uh, okay. I need. Beside I need the a point. week. I need a week. <laughs> right. um, uh, adaptation, which is a Spike Jones film. Oh yeah, uh, and it's one of those Spike Jones films, like being John Malkovich. Yes. that is just uh, bananas. I mean, yeah, and you... Charlie, Charlie. Um, oh shoot! Oh shoot! Is, uh, Charlie, name? Kaufman. Charlie, Charlie Kaufman. Kaufman wrote the script, adapted the script, and it's just that very like the narrative is kind of a roundabout. You beat me this, to the punch because yeah. this was my number one. Was it Nick really? Cage. Oh, <laughs> well done. Nick Cage plays twins. Yeah. He plays two people, which is kind of this like really meek writer. Yeah. And uh, they're both similarly meek um charlie and donald kaufman is the name yeah, of their characters dumpy and, sh and, and yeah shy and yeah do you want to run down a quick plot well i do want to say that <clears throat> I, I, it, yeah the I, plot I is complicated to yeah it is very complicated and i also to be honest i saw it like forever forever Same. ago i know it's uh, has to do with the orchid i think the orchid thief no uh a book about orchids which is a real book right that they fictionalize the author in the movie, which is there's a great thing that Charlie Kaufman does is like he he mixes up reality and this incredible fantasy. Right. Um, really, the movie's not so much about the plot; it's just about the the winding bits and the characters in it. Um, but I also forget sometimes, especially with all the stuff that Nicolas Cage do, does. He's actually he can be a really good actor. He can be a wonderful actor. Yeah. And uh, in my top three, I have this. For me, there was a period yeah. where Nick Cage was a really great actor. Yeah. That period <laughs> is between 2002 and 2004. That's very, very specific. <laughs> it's very, yeah. Just honed it. It was kind of post his action career, yeah. his post like Con Air and uh, all that. Right. And then it kind of got into these kind of more serious indie movies that yeah. he was doing. So, Adaptation is my favorite. Matchstick Men. Oh sure, con, was con artist film. Yeah, con artist film. was a great script that he, you know, did a great job with. And did you ever see Weatherman? I think I did actually. Yeah, I really liked Weatherman too. And then also, if we're talking about Nick Cage, two thousand two to two thousand four, you cannot forget the beauty that is National Treasure. I'm including oh, it. Sure, sure. I'm including National Treasure. I'm upset about that. Uh, Anna, who I work with, talks about National Treasure on a weekly basis. It's a, it. I mean, I. Love history, and so it's got like all of this great historical yeah. little Honestly, bits I don't in even there. Read history books anymore. I just watch Nicolas Cage movies. That's all. That's really all that you just need. The facts. Like they that. just did Nicolas Cage National Treasuring Us Through History. Yeah, I get it. it. Could be a course in itself. See, now I have a different theory about his sweet spot. All right, hit me I with think it. It's very. It's mostly very chronological until he wins an Oscar. 
Okay. I feel like he won the Oscar, and then he What did he win the Oscar for? Uh, he won it for Leaving Las Vegas. All right. Uh, yeah. he Which was great. Yeah. Which, Which he great did movie. a great job in. And then after that, he thought, okay, I won an Oscar. Now I will literally take any job I'm given. Yes. Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So good. Bangkok Dangerous. What's that? Doesn't matter. I'll be in it. Yeah. Um... But then, so he then he just started doing any piece of crap anyone gave him. And then occasionally, like some you mentioned, spotty, here and there, he go, oh, I'll do, yeah, I mean, I was given this one too. It happens to be a good movie. Uh-huh. I'll do that as well. I'll do adaptation. I'll do all these other things. But his early his early work is fun and and solid, like Raising Arizona. Oh, yeah. And uh, Moonstruck and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, super solid. Uh, I will say I have to go, the uh, other two that I love from that era, uh, Wild at Heart, the David Lynch movie. Yes, where he's not only good, he's still he's still not ruined himself yet, but he gets to be super over the top, right? Which is where that's where he lives. Yeah, he lives in that comically over the top, super freak out face off. Yeah. You know, um, what's the one where he's a vampire? Oh, that you bring me to my number one Ooh. <laughs> with a bullet. <laughs> Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> yeah. Everyone I've seen this movie doesn't like it the first time. Then they, I've only seen it once, so maybe maybe that's why. When my, you see it the second issue. time, I think you can focus on the beauty of it, which is it, it's about a, a gentleman, uh, like a yuppie, because it was yep. around that time where yuppies were a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a yuppie who decides for no reason that we can discern of <laughs> that he's turning into a vampire, and spoiler, he is not. <laughs> The great thing, though, is that it is, I, I it's think it's the in the top three psychological cagiest. Oh, yeah. He's so That's where he really comes top. into himself. Oh, for sure. Uh-huh. So over the it, top. Like, unlocks this next level <laughs> yeah. of Nick Cage. I, uh, fun fact, in high school, I auditioned for a play with a scene from Vampire's Kids. Oh, God bless you. was very hard to do. Did you get it? Uh, I did. I did, nice. I did I, but even though it was, I forgot the alphabet halfway through the scene. That's fine. <laughs> you forgot the alphabet? Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I really did. I just and pretended. Still got the I pretended like it was intentional. Uh, but yeah, I it's love. Safe. I love that movie. All right, Nick Cage. I got one last uh, fact. I okay. sad I didn't mention about Mandy. Okay, yeah. Go yeah. back about Mandy. Okay, sure. Uh, in the last episode of Cinnabuds, yes. if you recall, I defended the movie film MacGruber. Are you bringing up MacGruber oh. again? Settle in. This will not. <laughs> oh this will God. not be the last time either. <laughs> Cinnabuds historians will go. Oh, this is the thirteenth time he's mentioned MacGruber. Oh I have it on good authority that Panos Cosmatos, who directed yeah. Mandy, intentionally put a reference to MacGruber. No in way. Mandy. The reference, I cannot say on the radio. I will tell you after. Uh, but, but there's okay. a reference to it. it. It's not even, it, it's a line that could have been in anything. There's a lot of reasons to say this line. Uh, but I have it on good authority that they are huge fans of, the people who made this film are huge fans of MacGruber. That is And so intentionally funny. put it in there as a reference. Can you can you include just hints so that people that are listening don't uh, yeah it's driven a, to insanity? It's the scene where it's the scene where uh, Nicholas Cage finally faces the leader of the cult. Oh yeah, and he's clearly about to kill him. Yeah, and he's begging for his life, and he offers he offers a wait. He tries to get him to, <laughs> to not oh, yeah, you're yeah. Getting it, to uh, he makes an offer to keep him from killing him, <laughs> which 
which, which is un- unseemly. It all comes back to MacGruber. That's, I mean, <laughs> That's, I was going to wait. Till this like is our, secretly a MacGruber podcast. You've <laughs> like, spoiled my three-year plan for this show. mailed yeah. as a, a our podcast year about movies. When it's, I was going to change the name of this podcast. <laughs> about movie, yeah, to, and that is MacGruber. And today in our MacGruber moment. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Mandy, Nick Cage, go see it. It is really fantastic. Do I not see bring your children. I was kidding. Yeah, do not definitely home. don't. Uh, <laughs> next week we are going to be talking about White Boy Rick, which features two Milwaukee musicians. What? Mm-hmm. And uh, so stay tuned for that, and go see movies. See you then. Cinebuds is produced by Tyrone Miller. We get sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. The Newski! The Newski! We also get support from Associated Bank and your membership. Subscribe to the podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Is our poster up at the Oriental? It's not up. Not yet, but I saw it and it is Oh, (laughs) yeah. It'll be up soon. Uh, So thank you for listening and thank you for watching movies. See See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.